Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Because everyone is trying to answer this question right here. Everyone's trying to figure out, who am I? I think people have taken years to try to determine. And uh, How many have ever read the book, The Purpose Driven Life? Great book, right? Um, just, uh, but the problem is this, is that even with the two books I just read recently, neither one of was that book. It, it's hard to finish a book on my purpose or who I am because our purposes are individual. Say it again, Pastor. Our purposes are individual. And the same way you cannot read a book to tell you what all the tools in your toolbox are for, because a hammer does one thing, a screwdriver does another, a wrench does another, to write a book that says a hammer solves all the problems isn't it. Because I want you to understand a principle here, that each and every one of us is here because you were designed with the purpose to fix a certain thing. That God didn't create you first and then come up with a purpose for you to fill. God created a purpose and then created wrapped flesh around it called you. Because you are the answer to whatever the need might be in society. That God had a, a, a need that needed to be met and he wrapped that need around flesh called you. And so every one of you here, if you are here today and you are alive, it's because there's a purpose on your life. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say I receive that. Because I need you to understand that you have a purpose. You're not just existing and your purpose is greater than working a job, getting money, buying things, or just going through the motions. There's a purpose on your life. Everyone say purpose. Stand to your feet as we turn to Exodus chapter 3. I'm not going to be long this morning, but I do, I am going to be intentional. Hey, my bush is back. How you doing, man? Good to see you, buddy. Amen. Amen. <laughs> my brother, just give me one more. Just give me one more. There you go. That's what, that's what I want to see right there. Amen. Now, talking about the bush, the burning bush, we talked about that a few. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to the podcast and it'll catch you up as to what's going on. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, after Moses has the encounter with the burning bush and he draws closer to it and the Lord tells him, take your shoes off for the place you're standing is holy ground. They enter into a conversation and this is this conversation starting in verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen, everyone say seen. The oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard, everyone say heard, their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows, so I have come down to deliver, everyone say deliver, them out of the hand of the Egyptians to bring them out of the land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, a better place. Pray with me now. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want you to see that God, three things that take place here. And as I get ready to, I just want to tell the Sua ladies, thank you so much for my, my uh, beads, my 
shells, my... The what? Kuwait nuts. Kuku? Kukui? Kukui? <laughs> Thank you for the necklace. <laughs> Appreciate it, though. They're beautiful. I got a lot of compliments on them this morning. So, God sees them. Everyone say sees. Then he heard them. Now, I, I need you to understand that whatever you're going through, God sees what you're going through. I said, God sees what you're going through. You need to understand that. That whatever you're facing in life, God sees what you're facing. God sees your turmoil. God sees the marital struggle, your financial trouble, your sickness in your body, what's going on, the confusion in your mind. God sees the things that you are going through. But most importantly, and and we see in verse 7 that he says, I heard the prayers or I heard the cries. And so God can't hear a cry if there's no prayer that's going on. So it's not enough to complain about your situation that God invites us to pray to invite God into our situation. God can't hear if you are not praying. So it's important. There's a difference between praying and complaining. When I complain, I tell someone that can't help me about my problems. If they can't help you with your problems, you're complaining. If whoever you're telling your problems to can't solve the problems, you're complaining. But if I take my problems to someone that can help me with it, now I'm praying, I'm working on the issue. And so when we take our issues to God, not to, not, not to Lupe or not to, to Billy or to, sorry, Bill, I don't know, just Bill just comes up. It's the first word that just rolls off my tongue. But whenever you, whenever you take your problems to a friend or a family member that can't help you with the situation, all you're doing at that point is complaining. But when we take our issues to someone that can help us, that's going to lead us to God or is going to push us closer to God or God's going to intervene in that situation, then those complainings have become prayers. God hears them, and then look at this. God says he's going to deliver them. Someone say deliver. God's desire is to deliver you from your situation. God, I want you to understand, God heard their cries. Everyone say that. God heard my cry. See, God tells Moses after that, said, I've seen it, I've heard it, now I'm going to deliver them. And so what God's telling Moses is, Moses, I got a plan. I want you to understand, every one of you here, whatever you're struggling with right now, God has a plan. Let me try this side, okay? God has a plan. Do not fret, do not worry, do not trip out. God has a plan. In fact, Jeremiah 29 says, for I know the plans... I have for you, declares the Lord. I want you to understand, it doesn't say, I know the plan. He says, I know the plans. In other words, God has more than one plan for your life because God understanding, he's already taken into account the fact that you're going to mess up, that your failures, that your that you're insecurities, that your sin. God has already taken into account the fact that many of us think, well, I messed up God's plan in my life because of my sin, because of my doubt, because of my struggle, because of my divorce, because of that sickness, because of that bankruptcy, because of that relationship. I've totally wiped out God's plan for my life. 
life. You might have wiped out a plan, but you haven't wiped out the plans. God has plans. He's already taken you into, into account these things. And, and God tells Moses this. Listen, I got the plan. This is the plan I have for you. Look at verse 10. He says, this is the plan. Come now, therefore, and I will send. Wait, wait, wait a minute, God. You said you had a plan. Because I got a plan. I'm going to send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. I, I got some good news for some of you. Might be bad news for others. <laughs> but the reality is God's plan. God's plans are you. You're the answer to someone's deliverance. You're the answer to someone's freedom. You're the answer to someone's breakthrough. That God's going to use you as the breakthrough point, as, as the deliverer for those that right now might be experiencing something other than what God had in, in store for their lives. I need you to understand, God has plans. Why does he have plans? Because he has many people, and every single one of you is part of the plans of God. You are the answer and solution to somebody's life. Come on, church. He tells Moses, Moses, the plan is you. I can imagine Moses saying, wait, wait, wait a minute. You got to have a better plan than that. You, you got to have, see, what, what God was telling Moses, Moses, your birth was not an accident. Listen, I don't care what your parents tell you. Whether you were planned or not by mom and dad, you were planned by the mind of God. That's why every life is valuable. That's why I believe, I, I believe, I don't believe, in, I believe in pro-life. Why do I believe that? Because every life is potential. Every life is potential. Every life God had planned, and that was a solution. And even though that individual might not have been planned by mom and dad, God had a plan on that life. God had a purpose for that life. God had a solution for that life. And that life was supposed to bring life to other people. And look what God says to Moses, but God, but Mo, or what Moses says to God. But Moses said, who am I? H have you ever been asked to do something? And your first thing is like, who am I? You, you want me to what? He says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? You see, I, I need you to understand the biggest obstacle to us fulfilling our purpose in life is this question. And this is a question that every one of us is asked at one time or another. And if you haven't, you will someday. You're going to ask this question, who am I? Because until you know who you are, you're going to waste your life being someone else. Until you identify who you are and recognize who God created you to be, you're going to have to put on someone else's name in order to live your life. You're going to have to act like someone else. You're going to have to try to talk like someone else and dress like someone else. Because when you don't know who you are, you have to put on, put on other identities. You see those people that, you know what, -uh, I, I, it has to be a Mercedes. It has to, has to be a BMW. It has to be a, a Bentley. Why? Because of the fact that it's... Now, if you want a car like that, that's cool. And you can afford it, that's cool. But if you need that to identify who you are, 
It's because you don't know who you are. I, I, I need Versace. I need to make sure that I have, that I'm wearing, you know, uh, this individual, Calvin Klein, that I'm wearing this. Because when you don't know who you are, you have to put on someone else in order to identify who you are. This question has plagued men for centuries. But like most of us, we feel unqualified like Moses when God wants to partner with us. And use us to do something, we come up with excuses as to why we can't do it. See, the, the problem wasn't, now listen to me, the problem wasn't opportunity. The problem was identity. There's many opportunities for you to be used by God. But the problem is, is that we don't believe in ourselves to step into the things that God called us to do. So the problem isn't opportunity to at CWC. There isn't there, there isn't a problem of finding a place to minister. There's a problem of you just knowing who you are so that you can minister. To step out of who you are, to step because all every single one, whenever someone asks you to do something, first thing we think of is qualifications. Well, who am I? You want me to teach kids? Yeah, some of y'all, we don't want you teaching kids. <laughs> we, just don't want, we just don't want that, you know. And others of you, you know, we don't want you teaching adults. <laughs> some of you, you know, we want, we, you know, some of you just, you, you haven't had a smile on your face since the, the mid-60s. <laughs> so we don't want you greeting See, every one of us has a purpose and a place that we could serve, and you got to find that place. See, identity is important because when you know who you are, see, identity is different than personality. Don't confuse your identity with your personality, all right? And what I'm talking about is identity refer refers to who I really am. It's not, it's a, that's just my personality. It's not your personality. You've got to recognize who you are. Do not confuse your identity with your personality. Now, now Moses lost his identity. Follow me on this, okay? I'm taking you somewhere. You with me? Take a look at Moses. Moses lost his identity because of what he had gone through in life. And some of you have gone through some things in your life and you forgot who you are. Moses is confused. Am I a slave? Or am I a prince? Am I an Egyptian or am I Hebrew? Am I a murderer or am I a deliverer? Am I a shepherd or am I a prophet? He, he didn't know which one he was because he was born a slave, but he was raised a, a, as a prince. He was, he was uh, born a Hebrew, but he was raised as an Egyptian. He, he found himself... Uh, Having a desire to set people free to be a deliverer, but he became a murderer. And now, now he's a shepherd, but God's calling him a deliverer. And when you've gone through so many things in your life, you begin to find out that you end up giving up on the call of God on your life because you think your past disqualifies you. Many of you, God's called you to do some great things. You see it happening. You feel it in your heart. But you're allowing your past to disqualify you. I'm going to take you somewhere on this, all right? Moses agrees with God that there's a problem, all right? Children of Israel need to be set free. He just questions whether he's the solution to that problem. See, we all agree that there's a problem in America right now, right? We got some issues. 
The problem is you don't see yourself as a solution. You see someone else as a solution. You wait for someone else to step up. And God is calling them out. You see, everything has a purpose. Everyone say that with me. Everything has a purpose. See, God finds a need and then creates a person. Everyone was designed for a purpose. And I love what Miles Monroe says. He says this. He goes, when you want to find the purpose of something, you do not ask the creation what it's there for. Okay, let, let, let me explain it this way. This bag. Bag, what are you here for? <laughs> what were you created for? Nothing. Because the creation doesn't know why it was created. If you want to know what it's for, you have to go to the creator. So some of you are going to get this in a little while. Now, we look at it and say, well, we know it's a bag. Because we see the handles. We've seen one of these before. We know what that creation is for. But I need you to recognize that many of us keep asking ourselves what we're created for, but you don't start with yourself to find out your identity. You have to go to the creator to figure out why we were created. <laughs> Miles Monroe says this, the greatest tragedy in human life is not death, but it's life without purpose. And many of, many of us are asking that very question, what's my purpose? Do you know why you're here? Do you know why you were born? Do you know the purpose that God has on your life? You see, first of all, let me identify what you are not, okay? What you are not. Let me give you three things. First of all, what you are not. You are not your outward appearance. Somebody say amen. amen. All right? I want you to understand that because we could work out, we could take time to get our body into shape. But you know what? In, in 20, 30, 40, 50 years, all of a sudden, things that were up here are going to be down here. Okay, th th things that used to be firm are going to be soft. Things that used to be smooth are going to be wrinkled. All right. Are you following me? So if all your identity is based on how the outward appearance looks, then you are going to be disappointed in a few years. But your purpose doesn't change with age. So you are not your outward appearance. Now, I take we, we take care of ourselves so that we could minister long term. It doesn't mean you don't take care of your body, but you're, you are not your outward appearance. Secondly, you are not the things you own. You're not identified by what you own or what you drive or the clothes that you wear. That is not who you are, nor are you the place you live. I don't care if you were born on the east side or in Los Gatos. I don't care if you were born with money in your pocket or no money, whether you live in a mansion or a mobile home or under a bridge. Who you are does not equate to where you live. It's bigger than that. And it's interesting when, when Moses tells God, he says, hey, God, you want me to do this? Who am I to do this? Notice that God doesn't answer Moses' question of identity with the description as to who Moses is. Look at verse 12. Look what God tells him. He says, who am I? God says this, I will certainly be with you. It's not what I asked. 
blessed? Who am I? Come on, give me my identity. God says, I'll be with you. No, no, I want to know, who am I? I'll be with you. Now, you, you need to understand that you need to understand where this goes to. God responds to Moses' question of identity with the promise to be with him. Every one of you, well, God, who am I? God, what, what's my purpose here on earth? I had a lady that was, that was in her mid-70s come up to me recently. Pastor, I just need to know what my purpose is. I need to know who, who, who am I? This is Moses. He's 80 years old, and, and, and God's saying, I want you to do something. He's like, well, who am I? I'll be with you. What, what, what do you mean? See, Moses was concerned about his personal qualifications and his abilities, his credentials. But that wasn't God's main concern. Uh, listen to me, church. God's main concern wasn't about Moses' credentials. He's not concerned about whether you're qualified or not when he calls you. He responds with the promise and says, I'll be with you. Now, now you, you need to understand where I'm going with this, okay? I will be with you is God's response. I will, God, God what's my purpose? I'll be with you. But, but, but God, I'm going through a divorce. I'll be with you. But, but God, you know what? My past, I'm in addictions. I'll be with you. But you don't understand. I'm sick in my body. I will be with you. But I want, God, you don't understand what I'm struggling with right now. Who am I? I will be with you. You see, what God is more concerned is recognizing that we go back to our original purpose. What's our original purpose? That God takes us back to the beginning, to the book of Genesis, where God formed man out of the dust of the ground, and he blew breath inside of him and say, no. Now, you were designed, you were fashioned, you were created to carry my breath. That wherever you go, you carry the breath of God in good times to the city, to the field, to the business, to the school. That wherever you go, that you would carry my presence with you. I want you to know that wherever you go, Moses, I will be with you. You were created to carry my presence, but also to carry my message. And how does that look for Moses? Children of Israel are in bondage. By him carrying the presence of God to Pharaoh, he brings freedom. When you have the presence of God in you, wherever you go, you carry freedom or the remedy to every problem society faces with you. All we're supposed to do is carry the presence of God. Come on, somebody. See, our purpose, every one of us, purpose is different for each person. To try to nail it down, that uh, the clues are based on these three things we're going to go over. That uh, you're, It's never too late to find your purpose either. I don't care how old or young you are. You are never too old to find your purpose, never too young to find your purpose. Jesus, at 12 years old, is sitting amongst doctors and lawyers because he knew from a child what he was created, who he was created to be. And that's why when his mom and dad were looking for him, he says, hey, didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? Because he knew who he was. See, purpose is powerful. This is where we get to the three D's. Everyone say the three D's. The three D's of your purpose. And write these down because this is going to probably be one of the most powerful abilities for you to understand this. How do I find out my purpose in life is, first of all, according to your drive. What's my drive? The drive refers to your vision. See, without vision, the Bible says, my people perish. 
If you don't have a vision for life, what do you live for? What dri- what, what's the thing that drives you? What's the thing that gets you up in the morning? What's the thing that, that, that gets you excited that you don't have to push, but it pushes you? That's what vision does. Vision drives you. Vision gives you the ability to see not the way things are, but the way things should be. Can you see the way things should? That's why some of you have a vision for education. You see what's going on with our kids and you see something better. You have a drive inside you that says, I want it better, the educational aspect for our kids. I want to see our kids get to a new level. This is what what it's talking about. The second D is desire. Everyone say desire. The desire talks about your passion. The passion. What, what, What are you passionate about? Now, we've seen, we've all seen this. Now, check this out. We've all seen this happen. How many of you have ever seen uh, American Idol? And you've seen those people on American Idol that can't sing. Oh, come on. You know who I'm talking about. And you, you know what? They look for those people because that's what makes you watch. And you don't want, you know, if you're struggling, you're, you want to become a singer, you don't want Simon Cowell to be the first person to tell you in your life you can't sing. Right? Somewhere along the way, someone had to tell him you can't sing. You, you, that, that's not your gift. The third D is design. Now, many of you have, you, you have a vision. You see yourself as a singer. You have a desire. You have a passion for music. Problem is, you ain't got number three. You're not designed for it. You you can't sing. You can't hit a note. Now, you might be great at setting up microphones, but you're never going to be able to sing the song. You got to find another avenue. You see, you just gave yourself up, girl. Now, your family can sing. Doesn't mean that you can't. You're, you're, yeah, you know what? You did good at the wedding. I take that back. You did good at the wedding. But whenever she sings, I tell her, you're a great drummer. Great drummer. So your, your drive is your vision. Everyone say vision. Your desire is your passion, what you're passionate about. Something that you would do every day with, you know, for free because you love doing it so much. And then lastly is your design, how God puts you together with your potential to do certain things. Now, on the next slide, take a look at this. This is how how we put it together. This determines who you are. When I put my drive, my design, and my my, uh, desire together, all of a sudden, the center, where those things intersect, I find who I am. Because when I'm able to put all these things, these three things together, where they all intersect, I find my PowerPoint. I find that point where, where, where I'm strong at. I find that point where I'm able to minister strong. I find that point where I'm able to make a difference. I find that point where I can bring transformation to things around me. Because I have my vision, I have my passion, and I have my potential. I, I see something t- changing. I have, the, I have the ability to bring a change in that area. I'm passionate about it. But I also have potential. I have the ability to make a change in that area. That when we bring these things together, that's... That's where you find out who you are. Omaha, if you can help me as we close this morning, I want you to notice this. You still with me? Romans chapter 
chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 28, as we close. The Apostle Paul says this in verse 28, and we know that all things, someone say all things, all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. We're all looking for our purpose, but God has a purpose for you. You're looking for your purpose. What about me? God's saying it's not about you. It's about me. Find my purpose for your life. That all things, someone say all things. All things work together for good. In other words, this is that I want you to grab a hold of this. It doesn't mean that all things that happen to you are good. But that all things work together for good. That God somehow has the ability to take these things that are, that are dysfunctional, these things that were meant to destroy, these things that were meant to hurt, these things that were meant to, to, to tear us apart, that divorce, that sickness, that struggle, that bankruptcy, that, that battle, that relationship, that sin. And God somehow has the ability. Now, individually, all these things were bad. But my God has the ability to take what the enemy meant to destroy your life and he has an ability to grab all these things and put them together and somehow turn them around for his good and for your good and for his purpose. So I'm here to tell you that the struggle that you went through doesn't disqualify you. That's the thing that qualifies you. Cisco things that you've gone through in life, the battles that you've gone through, now all of a sudden the things you were wondering, man, why am I going through these things? Choices that you made that put you in certain situations. Now those things that you look back on as curses are now becoming his blessing. Now you gotta grab a hold of this this morning. Because, because that, that, that background of incarceration, drug addiction, and gang, gang affiliation, now yesterday he stood in front of a school and he shared with all these, these parents in, in three different classes teaching seminars in regards of, of how, to, how, how to identify, how to keep your kids away from. And now he's being used in the school arena to help set kids free and to help the families identify when gangs are coming up and drug addiction. Why? Because all things work together for good for those that love God who are called according to his purpose. So whatever your struggle is today, it's going to work together. I said it's going to work together. Whatever you're facing right now, it's going to work together. Come on, bow your heads with me right now. It's going to work together. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.